Good day, people. This is C.B. Baker with Sports Inside and Out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before I get into everything, let's take care of the sponsors. Armed Forces Network, while we were asleep, you were awake, making sure our way of life stays the same. Thank you so much. Also, big shout out to Seabreeze. That's right, Seabreeze, the leader of transitional housing and more. And my main man, my dad, Flash G, is in the house. Now, moving on, if you got and you, if you need a ride and you are in the Hampton Roads area, please see Dan and Nissan Man at Nissan Chesapeake. He will get you hooked up, swappingkeys.com. That is swappingkeys.com. Now, we have paid the bills, and unfortunately, this week, I will be flying solo. So, Leroy Keys, get, get better, get well. I look forward to speaking with you next week. But I'll be able to hold down the fort for you and Coach. Coach Hatcher, get better. Now, let's move on to NCAA football. This is what we'll be talking about today is football. Highlights this week. Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman. No big surprise there. Not a really big surprise. The things that he was able to do, he put up video game numbers, you know, so it's not surprising that he got the Heisman Trophy, which is more surprising to me was that it was two players from Oklahoma that got um, selected to be runner-ups for the Heisman with Mayfield, you know, Mayfield being one of those. So, now we're looking towards next season because, you know, Lamar Jackson was a freshman. How, what's his chances of getting or winning the Heisman again? You know, looking at the offense this year, you will, you will take notice that towards the end of the year, it's, he started, he stopped putting up big, as big numbers as he was making people look crazy on the field, looking like a man amongst boys. People look like they stuck in mud as he was cutting and slashing to a touchdown running the football and then throwing the football with complete accuracy. So maybe, you know, people had enough film on them and they was able to catch up with everything that he was doing. So what will happen next year? Well, I would, I would say, tell you this. Next year is a different ball game because a lot of the teams coming back, and now Louisville has that, that little bit of a taste, that taste of victory in their mouth. Like we can beat and hang with these with the big boys. We can hang with these guys. So when you play like that, you get a, a little bit of a difference. They're going into the bowl game, and then after they get out of the bowl game, you go into off season. So when you're in the off season, you're coming off a good season where you've improved a lot. You can't wait for the next season, and you train that way. So I would expect Lamar Jackson and the rest of the team to get um, tremendously better, and I'm looking to them to be ranked probably third or fourth in the preseason polls, you know, of course, after Alabama, which I'm predicting will win the national championship this year. So Alabama will be number one regardless, and there's going to be some slippage out of Clemson because, you know, Watson's going to enter the draft. So looking between three – and four for Louisville, which is a very good spot for them. Uh, another big news in um, NCAA football, Lane Kiffin is taking a job at Florida Atlantic. Now, this is a big deal for Lane Kiffin and for Alabama. The reason why I say it's a big deal for Alabama is because he honestly, or obviously, 
Musk didn't like playing or coaching, I should say, underneath Nick Saban. This goes a long way to say that a guy will take a, a coaching job at Florida Atlantic that Lane Kiffin, who has been regarded as a, as a genius when it comes to running offense, his head coaching ability has, has been a little bit suspect, but let's be real. He hasn't been put in a real good situations of where he's went at um, with USC coming off their probations, you know, Tennessee, he, you know, he only spent one year there. So I, that you could leave up. That mistake was his mistake. So Florida Atlantic, is he there to stay? Probably not. And that's the unfortunate thing. Will he get some good players to come there? Cause he's Lane Kiffin. Yes. But this goes to show you that he clearly did not get along with Nick Saban and anybody with, you know, a slight vision or knowing football looked at the sidelines and could tell they didn't get along. Anytime you hear coaches fussing at you, the way he fusses at the players, you know, it was just a matter of time. So I guess the question now is whether or not, you know, Lane Kiffin is going to stay on board on the staff through the playoffs and the um, championship game. So, that could play a part, but if those two cannot get along, I can see Lane Kiffin going down to Florida Atlantic and not coaching in the bowl games, which is a major blow to a team that's not forget that is starting a freshman quarterback. You know, this is not a good time to switch up offensive coordinators in, in the college playoffs. So that could be a little wrinkle there that maybe Washington could exploit because that's who they're playing the first um the first series of the playoffs, you're playing the four C, which is Washington. So I would definitely take a uh, a look at that and see how that's going to play out for the rest of the week and going into the weeks going into the bowl game. Moving on to NFL. NFL's got a whole lot going on, and I'm not going to take care of the elephant in the room, which is the Dallas Cowboys just yet. I'm going to go to the AFC first, and let's talk about the AFC, which is the New England Patriots. And I believe in putting things where they should be at, putting things in perspective. Yes, the Cowboys are playing good, and yes, the Cowboys did lose to um, the New York Giants. But New England Patriots took care of business. They do what they're supposed to do every week. And in the week that they actually, that when they lose, those weeks actually end up being positive because they take what their weaknesses was and they fix it, and they get better the next week. It's a wonderful team to watch. I am not a I am personally not a fan of the, the New England Patriots. I'm a Bears fan. But as being a football person that watches football and admires the game of football, you cannot sit there and tell me that you do not admire the New England Patriots and how they go in and take care of business every week, week in and week out. Now let's talk about the one thing that is really um really brings out the Patriots, which is Tom Brady. I honestly don't think people really are paying that much attention or really giving Tom Brady his just due. And the reason why I say this is because, yeah, people talk about, oh, he's the greatest quarterback ever. You know, he's got the four Super Bowls. He's doing he's doing this, that, and other. But really, you're talking about, you know, people talk about, Tom Brady, they talk about him like he's past tense. They talk about him like they talk about Dan Marino, Joe Montana. The guy is still playing. So I think we need to 
switch gears a little bit to where, remember when Michael Jordan came out of retirement and was playing for the Wizards? Now, granted, it wasn't the same Michael Jordan, but people went to go see him because it was Michael Jordan. I, I don't think Tom Brady has reached that level with people yet for them to recognize him as we need to go see this guy play in person. Pay attention to what he's doing. He's breaking records. He has been on record to say that as long as he's healthy, he can see himself playing football until he's 45 years old. Now, I don't have the, the stats in front of me, but um, Brett Favre, I think, played into like 43, 42, 43 years old, and that was after multiple years of retiring, going back and forth, and everybody was all up in arms. You know, they was tired of going through it. And then he's doing all this with one team. Tom Brady's doing all this with the Patriots. Brett Favre, you know, he had the time with the Jets, and then he had the time with the Vikings. And then, you know, years later, he finally comes back and, and, and makes amends with the ownership or the people at Green Bay. So Tom Brady's not doing all of that. He's sticking to his guns. He's staying home. He works out. He trains. And he's making sure that the team is in the best possible position along with Bill Belichick, the coach. So we need to give, like, some more credit to the Tom Brady of now. Not the Tom Brady in the past, the Tom Brady of now. Because he is there, and a, and a lot of those players have been moved in and out, but he is still winning football games. And there's not too many people that can say that. Well, now, now I've given Tom Brady his just. Let's move on to what is the kryptonite right now for Tom Brady, and I'm not talking about the New York Giants. I'm talking about maybe the people that the teams that really could give them the Patriots a problem, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Dolphins. But there's a little asterisk beside the Miami Dolphins comment. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're really now with bailback. And do you, did you see what they did to, you know, Buffalo? They made Buffalo look like they was not in the NFL for real. Like they was an expansion team last year. And then they did that to them at Buffalo. Now, you know, my former coach, Coach Ryan, you know, he coached me at Oklahoma. You know, I, I root for him every chance I get. You know, I'm, I'm a, I am a Ryan fan. But they didn't look good. The Buffalo Bills did not look good this past weekend. And you can't have Le'Veon Bell getting to the second level untouched and almost to the third level, not even at full speed. Le'Veon Bell was not running at full speed. He was skipping and moving and hiding behind his offensive line and making sure he ain't taking no big blows. Le'Veon Bell this year is making sure he stays healthy. If he's about to get hit, he immediately goes down. Those are the little things I start seeing in what he's doing, you know, to make longevity of a running back, you know, it's extending his career. And one thing that happens when you think that way when you get injured, you know, you don't play as reckless anymore. You start, okay, I'm down, boom, you fall down. And you stay down, you put your legs down so they don't get caught up in somebody's pants or something like that to where you can bend your leg the wrong way. So take a look at the Steelers. It could be a major um, upset. I'm calling it. It could be a major upset in the playoffs. So you never know. 
Um, the Dolphins, which is the dark horse this year, they have really ripped off a lot of wins. And but Tannehill gets hurt. Luckily, it's not a um, torn ACL, so it's not a torn ACL. He has a sprain, but he's going to be out for some time, and this is not a good time for him to be out, unfortunately. So that's what we really got to pay attention to is can the Dolphins keep going on their winning ways and playing decent and good football, making sure they don't have any turnovers without the starting quarterback for the next two to three weeks. And they've got to do it if they want to make the playoffs. So those two teams are, are could pose big problems for the Patriots. Now you may say, what about what, what's going on with the Raiders? What about the Chiefs? What about the Broncos? Broncos got a tough schedule. They're not making the playoffs. Chiefs, I hate to say what I'm about to say. The Chiefs will always be the Chiefs. It's like the Bengals. Like, you'll be good, but then you'll find a way to screw it up. I don't understand it. Maybe you got to bring a coach in there with a winning mentality to get it done. But let's be real. Andy Reid didn't win Super Bowl. Went to the championship game four uh, straight times, but didn't win Super Bowl. So it may, it may be just that one little eh that gets you over the hump. That eh. And that's what the Chiefs don't have. The Raiders of the 70s had it because they had that mean streak with them. Okay. Now, can the Raiders, who are, who still, in my opinion, are flying them under the radar due to them playing the West Coast games, can they beat the Patriots? I just don't know. But I tell you what, I'm not going to put any money against the Patriots in this year or next year or the year after next year. So it's right now the Patriots, um, Super Bowl opportunity to lose. I should say that. But the team I give the team I give the best opportunity to ruin the the parade in Boston is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now let's move on to the NFC. NFC's got a lot of interesting things, and let's go ahead and take care of this big elephant in the room, which is Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been telling everybody, hey, look. We've been waiting for the rookie game from Dak Prescott. And guess what? It still hasn't happened. But here's a little twist to this. Even though it hasn't happened, he hasn't had a great game in the past three games. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the NFL where we criticize everything about the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's utterly ridiculous that you're even thinking about, even thinking about replacing Dak Prescott for losing the game against the New York Giants. At New York, he's eleven and two. Did we? This is not college. You're not gonna go undefeated, okay? So, why are we giving this guy such a hard time? He's still a rookie quarterback. So, there's a lot of things you got to you got to take a look into. I got a lot of people saying, "Why is he trying to force the ball to Des Bryant?" You have no idea what that offensive coordinator. And the coaches are telling Dak Prescott where to look to throw the ball. I tell people all the time, even with Tony Romo's back there, they always try to throw to Dez Bryant. One time it was T.O. back in the day. They always try to throw to him because they're telling the guy to throw it to him. He's the guy that's supposed to be the primary receiver. But if you ain't got enough confidence in your job, you do what the coach tells you to do. I want y'all to hear that clearly. 
when you don't have enough confidence in your job, you do what the coach tells you to do. So the coach tells you look for that receiver, you look for that receiver. And then if you can maybe fit it in there and it's too tight, but it's not going to get intercepted, you throw it anyway. Now, Des Bryant's got to take some, um, a few, um, what's the words I'm looking for? He should really find a way and take some credit for losing the game because he did drop some balls. And that's one thing that Des Bryant has got to fix. And he may need to go take a look at some, some uh, film from the days when T.O. was there. Because T.O. was open and dropped some balls, and T.O. no longer plays in the NFL. You could be, you could be a super athlete at the wide receiver position, but if you can't catch a football, you ain't going to be in the NFL. That's just you know, point, point blank period. You're not going to be in the NFL if you can't catch the football and you're a wide receiver. That's the whole purpose of you being out there. So, Des Bryant's got to definitely step his game up because he's making his quarterback look bad. Because if you was probably to add up the yards that um, De- uh, Dak Prescott would have got if Des Bryant would have caught the ball, number one, if you'd have caught the ball, Dallas would have won the game. Number two, that Prescott numbers would have been probably around 250 yards passing instead of just under 200 yards passing. So those are the little things you've got to really look into and look at. And also, fans, make sure that you're looking at the whole field and see if the coaches really got Des Bryant set up as a primary receiver. That could cause some issues, too. Moving on to um, Green Bay and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is one of those um, things that I want to tell everybody about. One game can't make your season in the NFL. And one game, one game can't make your season, one game can't break your season. So the Seattle Seahawks are going to be fine. They had a bad game against Green Bay. And Green Bay had a game that they've been looking for. So it's kind of similar to golf. You've been hitting the ball, and it's not been, um, you're not hitting it right. You keep slicing it or whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you hear that sweet swing, bam. And then it goes right where you want it to go. It lands where it's supposed to land. And now you get a little groove to you. Then you walk up to the ball again, and you hit it again. It's got You got a little swag with you. This is what's happening with the Green Bay Packers. They just happened to run up against the Seattle Seahawks on their off game. Now, if this was basketball or hockey, no one would even think about this game. Like, if you know, if this was the San Antonio Spurs or something like that, it wouldn't even be mentioned anymore. But since it's the Seattle Seahawks and, you know, they're picked to go to the Super Bowl and they're losing against Green Bay and Green Bay, oh, Green Bay may be coming back. Green Bay is going to make the playoffs. But let's not, like, forget the whole first half of the season where Green Bay looked horrible. Can you improve? Yes. Is it likely that they can improve to the point when they can play playoff football against Seattle in Seattle? No. So let's just put that game where it is, which is it's one game, good game for the Green Bay Packers. And let me tell you, the NFL benefits when the Green Bay Packers are playing good. It, you know, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, um, Detroit, those are your staple game, you know, teams, you know, Pittsburgh, um, 
Cowboys, of course, Redskins. When those teams are playing well, ratings are up, everybody's happy, everybody loves football. And that's no disrespect to the rest of the, the, the teams out there, but those are the teams that people grew up loving, and that's what they want to see. So everybody wants to see Green Bay play well. Even the teams that are playing against them want to see Green Bay play well because of the tradition that Green Bay has. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on this quick update for football. Um, next week, hopefully I will have uh, Leroy back on the air with me and we'll get in deep discussion about the NFL football. And also I get his predictions on how the playoff is going to shape out for the NCAA football. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember this, when legends speak, people listen. Till next time.